Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> Teaches putos how to fly. Here's Rick and Danny. Yeah! Hey, 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 everybody! Hey, hey, give me a hello. That's right. All right, everybody, welcome we back to you. episode 24. Two to the four. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, your testicles and you, so hang tight. <laughs> Hold on your test. Hey, everybody. Glad you could join us for episode 24. I don't even know what to call this thing. What do you want to call it, Danny? We'll call it the um, Duo Quad Central. I don't know. We, we could call it episode 24. Episode 24. I think that works. That has a ring to it. Not this kind of ring. It means we're one away from 25, Rick. This that means kind of we're ring. almost a quarter of a <laughs> It's that kind of ring. That's a that's a pretty sincere ring there. Hey, pretty <laughs> soon we're going to be uh, watching that movie together. Yeah, yes, we are. We uh, put a poll out there on the uh, the private group page, and a lot of people voted for a lot of different movies, and it looked like Old Flash won out. It is a thematic uh, similarity to our show. You know, it, it has a lot of significance to what we've chosen to do here. Yeah, and if, that's the bad thing about having a name that's a specific tie-in to a movie because besides Brian Blessed jumping in from time to time, it has nothing to do with our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, Emperor Ming gives us a lot of opportunities. You know, he, he gives us some great symbolism and right, Max von Sydow. Yep, hard to beat. But yeah, man, excited about this show. It's going to be a lot of fun. A couple of movies that personally I love, and uh, anytime that I'm just kind of down the dumps or whatever, I can throw either one of these movies in, and it puts me in a good mood. So we're going to talk back 1984's Johnny Dangerously, and then the classic UHF starring Weird Al Yankovic, which we've got a lot to talk about that one with you folks. And you might say, hey, other than being comedies, what do these two movies have in common? And I'll just have to say... Weird Al Yankovic. Right. Uh, they're both featured, you know, because uh, Weird Al Yankovic is a star of UHF, of course. And yeah. also, he produced a song for the Johnny Dangerously uh, movie. Folks, get ready. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be a fantastic show. We'll see you in just a second. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by the Pork Chop Express. 
Have you paid your dues? Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming! And we're back. <laughs> Looking forward to this one. I remember going to see this one in the theater in a little town called McKenzie, Tennessee. Oh, man, the theater was real run down. It had seen its day. But uh, there was probably 15 people in the whole theater. And I just was cackling the whole time. It just hit the sweet spots from time to time. So I love this silly movie. And we're talking about 1984's Johnny Dangerously. Yeah, Johnny Dangerously. I mean, it's got a cast. It's It's got a crazy good cast. It's got Michael Keaton. It's got Peter Boyle. Um, what Joe Piscopo? Yeah, Kathleen uh, Turner and uh, the Bazooka Joe, <laughs> Trey Parker, Matt and, Stone, uh, Mariel Hemingway, Johnny Bravo, Claude Lamont, <laughs> <laughs> Ray Walston, Ray Walston. That's right, <laughs> Ray Walston. Man, yeah, he's a reason to watch. I'll get into that, but yeah. I mean, it's just got a ton of people, and you can tell they're always having a good time. Uh, because it's it's one of those period pieces that they're just doing as a comedy, and everybody they probably all just really wanted to be in like like an old timey gangster movie. So they got this opportunity, and you can tell they're all just having a great time with it. Yeah, it, it really interprets well to make it just a good feel good kind of movie. Well, and again, this is Michael Keaton. What a what a weird choice at this time to do this movie because I think everybody has their own idea of when you say Michael Keaton, what movie you think of. Just like all right. Danny, what do you think of when you hear Michael Keaton? Well, you know, I I, I have to go with Batman. Batman. Uh, you know, I think of Johnny Dangerously. But, you know, I think it changes for me. Sometimes sometimes I might think Mr. Mom. Sure. You know, like Michael Keaton is surprisingly versatile. I never would have thought, you know, growing up, seeing him in comedies, you know, that, that I would see this guy playing Batman. But then when I saw him playing Batman, just like I said a minute ago, he's, he came to mind first thing. And probably because of Birdman. You know, but, I've well, recently Birdman, seen that, and sure, it's a great movie. It's really great. But, you know, he's surprisingly he's a great actor. I remember when they announced him as Batman, and the first thing I thought was, "Wow, Beetlejuice is going to be Batman." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the truth. Yeah, and I thought that's just not going to work. He's he's great. I love him in the Dream Team too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's, he's reunited with Peter Boyle in that one, isn't he? Or, or it's him yes. and Christopher Lloyd. So to get into this, to give us a synopsis, believe it or not, is the bat. Johnny Dangerously. This is the bat, and I got one thing to say about Johnny Dangerously. If he was in Gotham, his days would be numbered. The movie is the story about how crime doesn't pay. You are a paper boy, gone gangster, gone pet store owner. At the end of this comedy... Dangerously claims, well, it paid a little. I'm coming for you, Dangerously. Watch your back. Yeah, I don't think he's a fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that uh, Batman and Johnny Dangerously has in common is very large pistols. And and Michael Keaton. And Michael Keaton. Didn't think about that. Nah, maybe that was <laughs> the problem. <Damn. laughs> This Batman was like, hey, old Batman, you can't be Batman. And this was just his way of saying it. That's, I hadn't thought of that until just now. <laughs> All right, man. So go ahead, man. 
Why do we watch Johnny Dangerously? Well, you know, I've, I've got a lot of reasons. I'm going to say my first reason is Ray Walston. Wow. Ray Walston is the, uh, he's the guy that every morning is, is there getting the, uh, the newspapers. Yeah. And, and every, he gets hit in the head with the newspapers <laughs> and like a bundle of newspapers. Yeah. And every time, you know, like it, he's either deaf or he's blind and, and like it changes what his malady is. Like, he's like, I can hear again. Like, and then later he gets hit with a bundle. And he's like, I, I can't see, you know, like it's just, it's this stupid gimmick and it's really funny. Well, and and it's one of the things it. that I think of first thing. Sure. You're waiting for it. Cause you've already seen, you know, he gets hit in the head. He's blind. He hit, gets it in the head. He's not blind anymore, but then he can't hear. And then, you know, the last one is I can see and I can hear. But who am I? <laughs> you know, right, right. It just keeps the, running. The, 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 <laughs> like um, the, the the next time he gets hit, you know, like the the guy comes up and he's like, "Hey," you know, a guy asks him a question and he says, "What?" <laughs> oh no, I can't hear. You know, it's just it's a stupid gimmick, but it always uh, makes me laugh. My number one reason so, is Roman Maroney. <laughs> For yeah. you that haven't seen this movie, Roman Maroney, if you've heard our commercial that we've done that's played on other shows, you get a, a little taste of Maroney on there. So Roman Maroney is the guy that swears all the time, but they're not real swear words. So kind of sounds like this. Why do you do that, Maroney? It's a free country, ice hole. <laughs> the clean boss. Okay, you and the rest of your bastiges can gamble. <laughs> but don't try no fargan trick. Otherwise, you wind up with your bells in a sling. What a mouth on that guy. <laughs> He's just my favorite person in the whole movie. He's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, there's the, the Fargan War. And then the, the, the spinning headline comes up. <laughs> Fargan War. war. It's, yeah. This place is too fucking small. Knock down that wall. Knock down that knock wall. Down that wall. <laughs> And knock down that fucking wall. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Here's a little more. <laughs> you fucking sneaky bastard. I'm gonna take you to work. I'm gonna nail it to the wall. I'm gonna crush your boils in a meat grinder. I'm gonna cut off your arms. I'm gonna shove them up your ass. Dirty summon a bat, my own club. It's just the best, man. <laughs> and the great thing about that is it's still kid friendly. <laughs> oh man. The the trial sequence too, when he's in there and and uh you know, Griffin Dunn is laying out all of the oh and by the way, Griffin Dunn is right. in this movie. Um uh, can you explain how your fingerprints got on this gun that was used to kill everyone in this building at this time? He goes, hey, how'd you get that anyway? He's just kind of sitting there trying to be calm. And then finally, uh, he asked him this, this math question. And he's like, what time would that train reach Chicago? And he's like, that's the question. And he like gets up screaming. It's awesome, man. It's so he's, lame. It's so ridiculous. But they pull it off. I mean, it, it just works. <laughs> that That is a great reason. He um, doesn't make the movie, but all the parts he's in are really, really funny. Uh, to this day, uh, I still use some of those lines. I can rip off your arms. I shove them up your ice hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've always wondered why you always yell that at me. <laughs> and now I know where it came from. That's right. Johnny Dangerously. Oh, and a little fact about the guy that plays this character. I don't have it in front of me right now. 
this guy actually was hired to be Mork for Mork. So Mork and Mindy, all that. Well, even back to the Happy Days series. This guy was hired to be Mork and was fired the, the same day that he got the job on the set because they had found Robin Williams. So can you imagine this guy being Mork? I mean, can you imagine anybody else being Mork for Mork? So that's some interesting info there. I like that. Hey, Rick, don't you have the audio of what he yelled at the uh, the people that fired him that day when they found Robin Williams? <laughs> you fucking ice horse! I'm going to rip off your arms and shove them up. You summon a botch. <laughs> you summon a botch. <laughs> All right, what you got, man? My next reason is uh, Danny Vermin, <laughs> Joe Piscopo's character. That's Wasn't it how you were named? Were you named after him? It's true. Um <laughs> It was because as a kid, I, I used to like to, to catch and, and eat small rodents, you know, so for they we're just going to call me Vermin, but they just kind of like the name Danny. So I became Danny the Vermin and then Danny the Vermin Eater. And then eventually they call me the Terminator. And, and now it's just Danny. Helming. No, Danny Vermin. And so it's, it's Joe Piscopo's character. And, and again, everybody in this has their own little shtick. Right. And his is whenever he gets, he's a tough guy. So whenever he gets threatened or something happens to him, to make a point, he always lets people know that that you don't do this to to him. You don't do this to Danny Berman. You know, and and right. it's always my sister did that to me once. <laughs> once. And of course, the yeah, you know, the intimation is that they never could do it again. Either they were dead or, or <laughs> But he's he's the great foil, and you you can't have a great hero without a great foil. And and you know, so he whenever Johnny Dangerously is doing something because he's really a nice guy. Danny Vermin comes in and, and he says, you know, hey, you should be more of a criminal. You know, that's what we do here. Right. And and he he does a great job of just making you like Johnny Dangerously and hate him more. Right. Well, it even goes back to them being kids, too, because they showed Danny as a kid selling newspapers and Johnny's across the street and they kind of get into it. There's a blind guy walking by and Danny Vermin cuts <laughs> cuts the rope or for the leash. <laughs> <laughs> so the blind guy walks out in the traffic, gets hit by a car. And, you know, so he's just. One of those characters. Favorite scene of him as well kind of goes like this. I got something to stop him. They made it for him special. It's an 88 Magnum. It shoots through schools. <laughs> it shoots through schools. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a knight in shining armor. That's just you through armor and the victim and the wall and the tree outside. <laughs> Uh, he just kind of sits in the background and does horrible things and he's great and and it's Joe Piscopo who right. if you know Joe Piscopo you might not he might not be your favorite but he's he's solid and whenever he shows up he does a good job he's yeah. one of those unsung you know comedian actors he he's around you know him but he never really got the stardom and at this point too he was i mean super huge on Saturday night live so you expected him to be more of a lead part in this movie, but the party plays, I think, is perfect for him. It's just, it's just a, a good role. It's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said about Clancy Brown a while back, you know, you have to have those actors that do, that play the great villain, that that do the great foil, that that hang out there, the great supporting actor. And I think you know Joe Piscopo deserves some some credit for just being there in this movie. Yeah, my next reason, Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know that guy at the end was like, "What a genius!" or something. I you know I agree with him. <laughs> yeah, I agree. She's, I, she's fantastic. Uh, I've always been a fan, and I, I'm I'm 
don't get attracted to redheads that much, but there's just something about her I've always liked. Well, you know, I think regardless, I think she aged well, which almost which almost hurts that because, you know, you see a lot of new pictures of her, you know, when you look her up on IMDb or whatever, and you don't see just how attractive she was when she was younger because, you know, she's still pretty attractive now. So they're yeah. putting up new pictures of her. And, it, you know, the fact that she aged well, that that's that's a feather for her cap. She was on what, like dancing with the stars a couple of seasons ago or something. Yeah, that's right. Um, I watched that at all. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was yeah, dancing yeah, with the porn stars. You're getting your shows. confused. That was, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, but she's in this as, as uh, Johnny dangerously's love interest. It's fantastic. I, I, I'll always remember the line. Well, you're off red, but you're still on Amber. It's just one of those things when she says it's like Amber in that scene. Okay. So there's that scene where, where she finally gives him a chance and they're walking and talking about you know, her life and his life and, and they're, they're starting to connect and then they just keep walking and then they're farther away and then they're in some farm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, where are we? She's like, it doesn't matter. Johnny, I'm falling for you. I'm falling too and falling hard. It, just like an airplane. It's, it's a corny movie scene. And they kind of point out how ridiculous it is. They just walk and walk and walk, and suddenly they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. This Mary movie got Leanna. panned because of the corniness of it, but really it was kind of showing how other movies are so corny. I don't know. It's it's kind of genius to go back and watch it again and see how it's put together. What you got? Uh, well, you know, I've, I've got the 88 Magnum in my reasons. Well, sure. But but we've we've covered that, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step away from some of the – that's what I've been doing. And I'm going to say the pet store sequences. Oh, yeah. Is it, Johnny is telling the story of when he was a big gangster to a kid who tries to steal uh, something from the pet store. There's a puppy, and I think. He <laughs> tries to steal a puppy because at the, at the end he gives him a kitten instead. But when he's telling these stories, he's doing stuff like like polishing the turtles <laughs> and like sticker pricing the kittens. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, and, and again, it's a tribute to, to how good Michael Keaton is that while he's telling this story of what he used to be a big shot gangster, he's doing all these pet store things. And just the way he does it and the way he's telling that story is really funny. <laughs> it's really appealing. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Now that you say it that way, because uh, I forget about him, you know, like you said, shining the turtles and all that stuff. That's pretty funny. <laughs> well, and it makes oh, you wonder if, if that's another thing well, these movies have in common. Turtles. You're absolutely right. Well, my next one's Peter Ball. I mean, come on, it's Peter Ball, mm-hmm. and uh, he plays uh, Jacko Dundee in this one. Man, he's a gangster king, and uh, gets Johnny his first job working for him, busting into Roman Maroney's gambling palace, basically. So. Yeah, and he's, he's just handing out ball, newspapers man. that have guns in them. Right. He's, Johnny's handing out newspapers that have guns in them so that they can all be armed. And Johnny saves and, his and life. And then, like, a newspaper to save his life, right? He, like, chucks it at somebody or? Well, there's several scenes because Johnny ends up putting a bucket on his head and sliding across the bar and hitting Maroney in the back because he's mm-hmm. got the gun pulled on Jocko. And he's like, say your prayers. And then he hits him in the back and the gun flies out of his hand, goes into Jocko's hand. And that's when he goes into that rant. I'm going to laugh every time. I can't help it. <laughs> 
Are you sure that that's not the audio from when he lost the Mork and Mindy job? <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah, you know, I'm, but I'm with you on that. That's that's a great sequence. And and Peter Boyle, like you know, I also one of the things I think of every time I think of this movie is when they uh <laughs> they try and blow Peter Boyle up, right? And he's at the <laughs> bathroom. He's holding the the pull chain for the for the toilet flush in his hand. Yeah. And, and and he comes in the room and and they're trying to calm him down because he's just been in an explosion. I think he was singing in the bathroom too before that, like yeah. this ridiculous crap. And he comes through the the door and, and they're like, "Calm down." And he's like, "Calm down." I'm standing here with my dog in my hand. And they're like, "No, it's not your dog." He's like, "Oh, <laughs> I need great. to quit." You know, and that's when he he hands everything over to Johnny, which we need to mention to anyone who is not familiar with this movie, the Double Life, because. His mom would have broke her heart would be broken if he turned to a life of crime. So he's got to go by this pseudonym of Johnny Dangerously. And his brother ends up being the DA. So there's this whole secret that he's got to keep. But, yes. you know, I guess the idea there is no matter where Johnny goes, he's going to rise to the top. Yeah. So that's the whole thing is his brother ends up fighting crime and trying to jail Johnny Dangerously without it knowing that. Johnny Dangerously is his brother. So that's the nuts and bolts of the thing. But the rest of it's just. Pretty much comic gold, I think. Where else are you going to see yeah. breakdancing in the 30s? <laughs> and th- this is another one of those those just goofy comedies that came out that they just don't make anymore. You know, I guess maybe the Fairley Brothers with uh, something about Mary, and they have the 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 dog being electrocuted and the 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 uh, the hair gel stuff. They've got kind of their own brand, but this was just you know, like you said, breakdancing in this you know. 1940s and and uh the guy with the accent doing all the, the fake cuss words and and just real zany stuff they, they just don't, i guess they thought at some point that this was too kiddy too childlike to make movies like this anymore but yeah. it really isn't and i feel the same way about uhf as well i think there was a it was almost a you know those kind of movies don't fly anymore kind of thing so i don't know man i still love this one a lot then there's all kinds of scenes too like uh there's the one where he's trying to get the attention of uh, Mary Lou Henner when she's singing and all the girls come up to him <laughs> and you get the one blonde looks at him and goes, I'm not wearing a bra, Johnny. And he goes, that makes two of us. Yeah, it's a very a- Frank Drebin line, too. <laughs> right. And that's what I mean. You can you can see where all this was heading, which is obviously the Naked Gun movies, which hadn't happened yet. We're sneaking right up on it. Yeah. And again, it's, it's zaniness. It's... Uh- it's ridiculous humor, and I, I I love the fact that you can watch this today. And you know, maybe some of the people that are listening to us are not familiar with it, and they go give it a shot. And you're just going to have to turn it off. You're going to have to stop thinking that things need to be more sophisticated. To this, you know, these jokes are are, are silly. Yeah. The the uh, the acting is over the top, you know, and it's it's, it's still funny. You just got to yeah. let it be. It's Three Stooges and. Mark's brothers all kind of shaken up and put into a bag. That's kind of how I look at it. And it's, you know, playing off of the off the 30s tropes, you know, all your detective movies and all that kind of stuff. So the gangster stuff. So we can't go any further without mentioning I, the video. Yeah, you're right. Your testes <laughs> and you. You're right. <laughs> so his brother has found him a girl. He's dropping out of law school because he's fallen in love and. His uh, his mother says, 
yeah, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get laid and all this kind of stuff, right? So Johnny says, you know, Mom, I'll, I'll take care of it. So he, he takes his brother to his place, which he has women all over the place, half-dressed, walking around. And he takes him to this room and shows him a video of your testicles and you or your testes and you. And it shows <laughs> elephantitis and all these kind of things. And so he runs out. He's like, where are you going? Back to law school. <laughs> Yeah, and of course the the, the testicles being um, illustrated in in the form of a balloon, and you know, and when the balloon gets inflated, he pops it. You know, and it's like, oh, every, every man in the audience gets cringes from that. <laughs> it's a yeah, it, it, it's a, and you can look it up. Your testes in you, or your testicles in you. It's yeah. it's one of the things that comes up when you when you search this movie because it's just a standalone little skit. That's definitely something something you'll walk away with when you remember this movie. So. It's fantastic. What about Tommy's car crash, too, when they cut his lines? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) They just took a sound (laughs) sample of him saying that, and they just play it over and over. (laughs) Yeah, and over this this car, like, rolling down a cliffside, you know, just – and, you know, there's there's a couple of of deaths in this, too. Also, Danny DeVito – is the uh, is the DA? <laughs> he's and great. He's, you know, he's trying to get a uh, Johnny's brother to play ball. You know, and he he gives him this whole sweepstakes. You know, from a from a game show. It's gonna all be yours if you play, play ball. ball. That's a and, great. And then, like scene. You know, later, Johnny gets mad at him for trying to kill his brother, and and he uh, and he sets up for him to die in this this restaurant. He's like, "Ooh, what are we drinking? Malt liquor." It turns out it's a uh, you know it's a <laughs> Colt 45 the, or yeah, the, the bull like crashes through the wall. He's like, Oh, you know, like the bull comes through the wall to, to kill Danny DeVito. And <laughs> it's just so stupid. Danny DeVito is great in this too. Yes, he is. I love it. <laughs> this little mustache. And how about seven days in Puerto Rico? He's, On the SS Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. And it, it's right? like, why worry about crime? I mean, if you leave it alone, it's still going to be there when you get back. <laughs> it's fun. I, one of the things in, in the uh, the play ball game show that I always think of is is a uh, how about she cooks you a turkey in her new micro flame oven? <laughs> Cook a whole turkey in just under a day. In just and, under and a day. To, <laughs> and they go to Griffin Dunn, and he, he kind of looks up like. You know, like okay, it, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he's never cooked a turkey before. How does he know? <laughs> I, I got to point out that the the two uh, uh, Johnny's mom. Oh yeah, uh, Maureen Stapleton, right? Yeah, Maureen Stapleton. Yes. she ends up like having to get uh, another cleaning lady to to kind of to turn over, you know, to to turn a dime on the yeah to get her to gangsters. Talk. Yeah. And, and what is it she says to her? She's like, we have a lot in common. Of course, they're both cleaning ladies and they're both like old Irish cleaning ladies. And she says, like, we're both something. We're both swell lookers. And neither one of us is Chinese. And it's, <laughs> well, I say yeah, you've done your homework. I'll give you that much. <laughs> Does the name Mary Margaret Catherine Deneen ring a few bells? I'm tone deaf. Yeah, well, that's too bad because I got her in her own little cage and she's singing like a bird. I think it's singing like a canary, but it, yeah. anyway, like th- those lines stick with me. Yeah, and it's again, it's all those '30s cop movies, mobster movies, and they're just 
pulling from all that stuff. And, you know, I, I had intended, you know, just for, for all of you out there who think that I'm just, you know, really prepared, every one of these lines, every one of these things, it's all from memory because <laughs> they're that funny. And I saw it that many times, you know. What about the end it's, when they're taking Johnny down <laughs> death row and the priest is saying all the stuff? Johnny yeah, Cunlaudi, uh, Johnny Cunlaudi. I missed the bus. You missed the bus. We all missed the next bus. bus. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, the people down the row are, oh, give him hell, Johnny. And they're all giving him like a piece uh, of thing. And at the end, he's he's putting together this uh, little Tommy gun, machine gun. Yeah. Well, because he's in the, uh, he's in the, the, the jail and he's got to get to the electric chair tonight so that he can employ his escape so that he can save his mom from getting shot at the Savoy Theater. And the way that they get that information is through the grapevine. (laughs) <laughs> which is started off by a parrot <laughs> I, I will make the grapevine my next reason to watch it so so there's a grapevine and they're like uh mary lou henner the, you know sends a parrot because she's uh supposedly has become danny's girl you know but really she's acting as a spy and she sends uh the parrot with the um you know danny's gonna kill johnny's mother at the savoy theater tonight uh, to to the uh, jail, and of course the parrot just lands on somebody's shoulder in the lunch line. <laughs> it, the telephone game starts, you know, and of course by the end it didn't sound message for you, like Johnny. It. <laughs> it's like uh, Danny and the mothers are gonna do something in Vermont tonight. He goes, he's gonna kill my mother at the Subway Theater. <laughs> was, That's not what I said. He's like, oh, I've heard this grapevine before. It's stupid, but it's funny, you yeah. know. I've just got, you know, like, like just, just out of my memory dump, you know, there's, there's a ton of stuff in there that we didn't talk about. Right. We didn't talk about the, the anti-smoking PSA. Right. Where, you know, everybody in the room smoking, it's full of smoke. And, uh, you know, and, and so somebody keels over and dies right there while Johnny is, is telling everybody, remember kids, don't smoke. I chew gum. And he's got a, you know, gum in his, uh, in his cigarette case. And he's like, right. that's Right. Yeah, I mean, the whole point, again, is to get you guys to check it out. So if we cover everything, it's kind of pointless. You need to check it out. True. We're just hitting the highlights. But uh, if you like silly romps, that uh, if you like Michael Keaton, you need to check this movie out. It's a lot of fun. I've only got one more thing, and that'll put us out to an even 10. All right. Then I'll review it. Okay, so my next thing is the shelf paper <laughs> on the car at the end they're they're escaping from the jail in order to to throw the the cops off the trail they've got shelf paper on the outside of the uh on the outside of the car and you know so first it's a black sedan then while they're driving somebody leans out the window and tears off the <laughs> shelf paper and then it's a white sedan and and alan hale you know the skipper from yep. uh, gilligan's island you know he's he, calling all cars the apb now is for a white sedan with johnny and accomplices and then at the end you know the last shelf paper is duckies and bunnies it's like a little <laughs> pastel blue with little ducks and little 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 rabbits and um, mary lou henner like someday this will be in johnny jr's room he's like yeah okay sure at the end the cops just give up because they just don't even know they 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 put it in the limit so what we got my first reason was ray walston as the uh as the guy collecting the newspapers, then we got Roman Maroney, who uh, agreed is hilarious in all of this. His his lines, his character is fantastic. Three, I've got Danny Vermin, who's your who's your foil, your bad guy. Uh, four, you got Mary Lou Henner, who's a uh, she's gorgeous and she really does a great job in this. She's really funny. I mean, there's a ton of people in this too. Like you know, you're, we're not even. Yeah. It's just the tip of the iceberg of yeah. like actors and actresses that show Dom up in Deloise. this movie. Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Um, then, okay, so then you got I, I put down the the pet store sequences because they're they're funny. 
I mean, just him stickering kittens with with a little sticker gun. I think I need to see that gif kittens <laughs> with a sticker gun because it's going to make me laugh out loud. There you go. Um, For Christmas, folks, make Danny a a gif of Johnny Dangerously price tagging kitty cats. Then, then uh, you said Peter Boyle. No argument there. Then um, the mention of the uh, your testicles and you video, which uh, still is is pretty darn funny all by itself. Um, <laughs> I put down the grapevine. Then then we've got the the smoking PSA. Remember, kids, do what Johnny does. Yeah. Chew gum, and uh, and then the shelf paper. You know, uh, escape scene from the the thing. But again, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's all kinds of jokes thrown in this thing. It's a lot of fun. Go, go check it out. You know, do yourself a favor and and uh, and just give yourself an hour and. And, and laugh because it's going to make you. Rating time? Yes. All right. I give it 17 new fucking bastiches. I'm going to say that after I saw this movie, I said, I can hear again and I can see. <laughs> I can hear again and I can see. Oh. <laughs> what, who am I? Brian Blessed. What do you think of Johnny Dangerously? Gordon's alive. Of course he's alive. Well, you know, he, he did fall out into space or something like it. Sure. It's not a given that Gordon's alive. That's right. Well, he's it, especially it is, not in today. It is a question. So Gordon's alive. Gordon's alive. All right. No, that was good. We'll be right back. Hey everyone. Hope that you're enjoying the show. Uh, we've got something a little special. We want to share with you right here. We were asked from, uh, another podcast called the horror cast. Uh, some friends of ours that did a an award show, and it was called the Hackademy Awards. And uh, we were fortunate enough to be asked to uh, present on the show. And you know, as goofy as we are, we couldn't decide on what we wanted to do. So we come up with two different commercials, if you will, two different uh, takes on presenting an award. And uh, one they used, and uh, the other one was set aside. So we have the opportunity to share one of those with you. In order for you to hear the other one, you actually have to go over to the HorrorCast and listen to the Hackademy Awards podcast episode, which is a lot of fun. You hear a lot of different people on there. So uh, enough of my yakking. Here's uh, the unused presentation. Our next presenters are the stars of the new spectacular TV series that changed the way we watched the small screen. One plays everyone's favorite millionaire. The other plays his sidekick troll. Please welcome Danny Bennett and Rick Morgan from Millionaire Troll Hunter. Thank you, Wink. It is a great pleasure to be here. We know that with a hit show like ours, the musical score can not only set the tone, but can resonate an unseen greatness, which can become synonymous with the film and the playing of just a few notes. Wait, wait, wait. We have a score? (laughs) Yes, they were playing it when we walked out. I guess you never get a chance to hear things while we're shooting, being that all you get in the show is me bashing you in the head with blunt objects. (laughs) Well, at least I remember my lines. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> the 
butt plug. Anyways, we are proud to announce this year's nominees for Best Score. Fernando Valesquez for Crimson Peak, a story about a red mountain. Cliff Martinez from the Rayon Demon, a story about a man's struggle to be a welder while he wears nothing but flammable clothing. Mark Corvin for The Witch, which is a movie about a witch. Jang Young-gyu from uh, Train to Busan, which is about uh, traveling across Asia using only trains and buses. James Gosling for The Hallow, the life story of Kevin Bacon. Roque Banos from Don't Bleed, the story of a hemophiliac trying to make sure he doesn't die. Bear McCreary from 10 Cloverfield Lane. I think that's a movie. Yeah, I think it is. Douglas Pipes for Krampus, the story of what happens when you eat lunch and then you go swimming too soon and afterward. Craig Armstrong for Vicar Frankenstein, the story of a rabbi priest who creates from dead body parts the Pope. Theodore Shapiro from The Invitation. I didn't get one. And Will and Brooke Blair for The Green Room, which is the documentary of the making of Behind the Green Door. And the winner is... Mark Corvin from The Witch. Mark, come on up here. Welcome back to the second movie of this episode. We're going to talk about 
a movie that realistically, when it comes down to it, I remember when Danny and I had this conversation when I was explaining putting together a podcast. He literally said these words. Oh, you mean like UHF, but for for listeners. I was like, yeah, that's it. So if you like this show, there is no reason you won't like UHF. Because it's everything that we love that we do on this show, fake commercials, you know, fake TV shows, the whole shebang. This is really the mothership of what we do, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everything that we didn't steal from Joe Bob Briggs, we we definitely stole from Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> but before I saw this movie, I had the cassette tape for the UHF, all the songs which I think had what Beverly Hillbillies and yep, uh, which was the you know the Dire Straits uh, thing, but it also had all the commercials on it, all just the audio for them. <laughs> it had Gandhi Two and Spatula City. Oh yeah, and and I remember listening to them without seeing them, but they were still hilarious. Yeah, let me be you know, your the Gandhi Two. <laughs> yeah, all the, I mean, I had that that cassette because I you know was an avid collector of of uh, Weird Al as a kid which I think all kids from the 80s probably were. Um, and there's some of you out there that say, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. And you're the ones I didn't hang out with. But <laughs> that, that's okay. You know, because I just wasn't as in, I was into pop music, but I wanted Weird Al's version. Yeah, I totally get it. I, I was there for quite a while too. So can't diss the Weird Al, man. Great stuff. I'd, I'd still love to go see him in concert. I hear that he puts on a great show. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've heard it from more than a few people. and. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? He's there for the fans. He really is. And I think that you'd be hard-pressed to find something bad about Weird Al Yankovic as far as, like, reasons to hate him or, you know, him using his celebrity, you know, for any anything untoward. He just seems like a really super nice guy. Right. And I'd like to meet him someday. You know, that'd be fun. So scanning through this again last night, uh, I, I looked at my wife and I was like, you know, I don't even have to see this movie I, I know this movie so well. I, I told her, I said, I have probably seen this movie more than any other movie in my lifetime. It's just one of those that's, you know, you know what scene's coming up next. You know the dialogue. I just wore this movie out, so I absolutely love it. To get into it, we've got a synopsis. So from Hogwarts, here's Hermione Granger. Johnny oh. <laughs> Johnny, this is your and I got the bad, and I got one thing. She got throat cancer. <laughs> it's really a shame. <laughs> Let's try that again. Hi, I'm Hermione Granger. I've been doing some research about some truly great American films. UHF is a movie starring a man named Weird Al. When this Weird Al Yankovic and his friend Bob take over a failing television station, they meet the lovely Fran Drescher, and have many adventures. A harrowing tale of intrigue, deception, drama, and love. UHF is a tale skillfully told, set in post-Civil War Spain. <laughs> Even without Quidditch, this film is fun for the whole family, with hired thugs, turtles, and karate. 10 out of 10 critics say this film gave them, and their significant others, goosebumps. If you liked Harry Potter, then you will love UHF. That's a that's a bold statement. Intrigue. I like that it has intrigue in it. It was intriguing. <laughs> Victoria Jackson's intriguing. There you go. 
I figured she would be on your list of reasons. E- 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 e. She's gone <laughs> off the deep end, but we won't talk about that. Right. I At this point, she was still just a comedic actress and not a Looney Tune. So how does this um, movie influence us? Instead of two numbskulls getting their own TV show, Danny and I always talked about having our own radio show. Guess what? We kind of do. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a fine little home. We like to find lots of ear holes <laughs> and invade them with all kinds of stupid crap. It's UHF, man. I mean, it, Michael Richards is in it, too. Oh, yeah. He will forever be Stanley Spadowski to me. And and that's a good thing. Uh, again, yeah. we, we run into, let's remember him that way or as Kramer. Cause, Besides yeah. <laughs> the end product. <laughs> you know, everybody makes mistakes. We'll just stick with that. Um, for all you Hail Ming listeners out there, if you're looking for something to get, you know, somebody a gift, say that you say, man, you know what? That Rick and that Danny... They're pretty awesome guys. I'd like to get them something for for Christmas. If you could design and create a U62 t-shirt, which is the name of the TV station they own, (laughs) I would be more than glad to wear it. I would love to have a U62 shirt. (laughs) The U62 telethon is on the air! (laughs) So we got some special stuff sent in for that, some, some audio stuff to go along with. U62, so... Uh, but yeah, man, I absolutely love this movie. So for me, number one reason, Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse. It's just absolutely awesome. It's Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse, where you get to to ride the horse over to drink from the fire hose! <laughs> See, here we go. Ready? You get yeah. to drink from the fire hose! <laughs> <laughs> See he had all these crazy contests and stuff. This little kid's in this great big pool of oatmeal. Oh, you found the marble, the marble in the oatmeal. oatmeal. <laughs> that means you get to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> so he puts the kid in that little rocking horse deal, the old coin horses that you used to ride in front of the supermarkets and stuff. Pulls him over in front of this mounted up fire hose. <laughs> Open wide. <laughs> it, and it's it, the, the humor is so weird out. Like, you know, where yeah. something ridiculous like that happened, the kids get, get blasted off screen and then the joke's <laughs> over. You know, you don't, you don't follow it up with him stuck to the wall or, or anything. You, you just, it's done. You're on to the next thing. Yeah. And that's what I love about Weird Al's jokes. They're just so, they're over the top. You know, they're just, I kind of liked uh, Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse, you know, and I'll, I'll go ahead and make this my first reason. Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Weird Al Yankovic is running the show, you know, and he's, hey, it's Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse. <laughs> and, you know, and he's got these 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 really bad gimmicks that, that backfire on him. Like he's got his friend Bobo over the here. Clown. <laughs> who's Who's eating Mrs. Hockenberger's sugar cookies. And he's just stuffing these 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 cookies in his friend's mouth, and then he goes, "Oh, I mean, uh, Yappy's dog treats, dog, Yappy's dog treats." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, he goes off camera, and his friend's throwing up. Then he's uh, like, "And you know, they love the lover, the liver taste with, with just a hint of, hint of cheese. cheese." Hey, Bobo, look up, look down. Now look at Mister Frying look Pan, Mister Frying Pan, <laughs> bong. And who can forget this? Well, let's walk on over and see who's in our kitty corner. <laughs> oh, what's your name? <laughs> Billy what? <laughs> Billy what? <laughs> what's your name? <laughs> Billy. 
Billy what? <laughs> Just spits in his face. <laughs> he did, and it like sticks to his cheek. It's... <laughs> and you can see oh. the kid trying his best not to laugh after he does it. He's, oh, man. He's putting his hand up over his face. <laughs> Billy. Billy what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse. That's that's my reason number two. And I, I wouldn't have anticipated it being it. But after Stanley Spadowski takes this show over when he's so disgusted with it and he walks off. And, uh, and of course, he just starts saying whatever's on his mind and, and it works out well for him, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. So to my next reason, you're getting into some of the fake commercials and stuff. This is kind of what made us start thinking about this. But this one in particular is my favorite. Buddy. Where's the spatula? Okay, kids. Uh-oh. Let's go. <laughs> There's just one place to go for all your spatula needs. Spatula City. Spatula City. A giant warehouse of spatulas for every occasion. Thousands to choose from in every shape, size, and color. And because we eliminate the middleman, we can sell all our spatulas factory direct to you. Where do you go when you want to buy name brand spatulas at a fraction of retail cost? Spatula City! Spatula City! And this weekend only, take advantage of our special liquidation sale. Buy nine spatulas, get the tenth one for just one penny. Don't forget, they make great Christmas presents. And what better way to say I love you than with a gift of a spatula? Spatula City! Spatula City! Hello, this is Cy Greenbloom, president of Spatula City. I like their spatula so much, I bought the company. Spatula City, seven locations. We're in the yellow pages under spatulas. My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Spatula City, we sell spatulas. And that's all. I mean, if you don't hear Hell Ming in that, you just haven't been paying attention. Because yeah, that's... Uh, the genesis, I think, for for what we do. So, <laughs> well, there's a whole you know later too when they when they get the uh, the con- control of the show and they get a little money to work with. There's a whole series of of shows and oh, I've I've got some stuff. labeled down here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this this right here too. I'm, I'm just gonna leave this here. Billy Barty, oh yeah, is a cameraman named Noodles. You have the ongoing joke of of the the cameraman is two feet off the ground, you know, and, and everybody's <laughs> looking down at him with the worm's eye view. But yeah, the fake TV shows when they start getting a budget. Here's a couple of my favorites. Leave it to Bigfoot. <laughs> and the flying Pope. <laughs> and and it's then just, after that, fun with dirt. Fun with dirt. <laughs> There's a bunch of them, man. Uh, celebrity mud wrestling, and I mean, they just they got all these different shows that they're showing on there. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, Town you know, talk where he's doing his Geraldo imitation. <laughs> that that uh, that whole thing was on the cassette tape too. It was uh, women who were abducted abducted by aliens and forced into weight loss programs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you Next got the week. talk show. You got the talk show where he has Emo Phillips on there. With the table saw. <laughs> oh, will you look at that? Oh. Just call me Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> <laughs> 
he showed him how to use a table saw and just cuts his thumb off. Blood's going everywhere. Starts this whole thing and he's like, you must use good safety equipment when you're running a piece of equipment like this. (laughs) Table saw. (laughs) He looks at him like. (laughs) Smarty pants. (laughs) And then he chops his finger off. And, of course, Will Yankovic like, throws in that, whoa! Oh! <laughs> Even the camera guy's freaking out. <laughs> Blood from the from the stump. Squirting everywhere. And he's like, oh, would you look at that? I think it's down there on the floor. <laughs> well, so... We we run into somebody that we've 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 discussed several times in previous episodes. You run into Kevin McCarthy, you know, who was in uh Inner Space and and yep. uh the Howling. Yep. The uh, evil network owner. The great right? bad guy, man. Kinda goes like this. Does this look like a number two pencil? No, I just thought that You it would... thought? I don't pay you to think. But dad Shut up. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, just so much stuff. In and he movie. fires. Yeah. Stanley Spadowski. Yeah. Um, For losing a report. And, uh, and, and sitting and in his chair the whole time. It was in my chair the whole time. <laughs> and yeah, get he kicks him office. out without his mop. <laughs> what about get out of my office and take that ridiculous thing off? <laughs> the guy's wearing it. Yeah. This guy's got this great big cowboy hat with, a, with feathers that drape down the back of it. And he's like, get out of the office and take that ridiculous thing off. And the guy goes, <sighs> and he's got, he pulls a fake mustache off. <laughs> it's great. So Stanley Spadowski gets introduced here and he already hates, you know, the, 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 the head of the network. He comes on and he gets this show from Weird Al. You know, he takes over Stanley Spadowski's clubhouse. And if you know the 1976 movie Network. Yeah. Where the guy delivers the, and you got to lean out your window and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. Well, he delivers this speech, you know, where he's like, uh, sometimes the floor is just too dirty and you get down with a toothbrush or something and you try it, but it's just not going to, and you got to go to the window and say, this floor is dirty as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> this bar that, that um, Weird Al has, has, Gone into is yeah, they they all look at the company, yeah, you know, and, <laughs> yeah, and they think they're losing their station because the show's doing so bad they're gonna go broke. And they, in the middle of recording uh, Uncle Nutsy's Playhouse, they just walk off and give the show to Stanley. And they go to a bar, and everybody's watching Stanley Spadowski on TV. It's like, hey, yo, he's back on, <laughs> he's back on <laughs> the movie spoofs, man. The Indiana Jones one at the beginning. How can you not talk about yeah. this one? Never before in the history of motion pictures has there been a screen presence so commanding, so powerful, so deadly. He's Conan, the librarian. <laughs> and there's a, a whole spoof to that that's just great. <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> I'm sorry these books are a little late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, splits a dude in half. I mean, here's the thing: if you're out there and you're a fan, even in passing, of Weird Al Yankovic, or you've heard of him and you think it's an interesting concept, just watch the movie because this is his opportunity. We were talking about it before we went on to record, and really, you could tell he said, "Yeah, I'm probably only going to get to make one movie, so I'm going to cram as much into that movie as I possibly can." 
and it and it worked. And if if you listen to our show quite a bit, you've probably heard us say, "We're going to club a seal to make a better deal." That's straight out of this movie, man. That's Crazy Eddie's car lot. <laughs> Because I'm crazy. It, it makes me wonder, now that we're talking about it, what kind of skits could we possibly throw into an episode about UHF? Right, exactly. It's hard to do because we're not going to be any better than they are. And one thing I do love towards the beginning, when they're working at the, the, the fast food place, Big Edna, Big Edna. And she comes around <laughs> and she grabs both of them and she throws them out the front door. <laughs> and they go like straight up in the air. Uh, they come crashing back down <laughs> i love it's, that it's kind of the it's kind of like savage steve holland humor you know right. like especially with it being a fast food place but you know that kind of thing where somebody you know there's just a ridiculous cartoony kind of end to, to it what is he? he says big edna big edna why are you so afraid of that pathetic tub of lard uh, okay, well, just, they get back to their apartment, you know, him and Bob, and, and Bob's like, we just lost our job. He's like, oh, well, we're going to find another one. And in order to, to cheer him up, he makes him a Twinkie wiener sandwich. <laughs> That's right. Where he, where he cuts a Twinkie and, and puts a hot dog in there and puts easy cheese on it. Right. I've never tried one, <laughs> and I'm not going to. You know, they kind of do the same thing in Party Animal, which is before this. But after he eats the, the Twinkie sandwich or whatever – he downs it with a packet of dry Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. You got, you got other shows on here by the person they live by, Cooney, who's a kung fu instructor, karate instructor. He has a show called Wheel of Fish, and it's got a famous line, too. I'll take the box! The box! You took the box! Let's see what's in the box! Oh. <laughs> Nothing! Absolutely nothing. <laughs> stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> and it was uh, the the host of that show, Cooney. You know the the karate instructor is is Getty Watanabe. Yeah, who was Long in Duck a, Dong. Yeah, he made the rounds in the eighties, and and he he lends his you know, like, oh man, I love when he when they're doing the the uh, the Wheel of Fish game show, and they've got like that pedestal, and he like. <laughs> Shoots down on it. He like he throws his arms out in a pose, like, and he shows up to be the host. Yeah, oh man, fantastic. he's it's good stuff. It, it's got the the dad joke in there where the the guy like guys open up the the supply closet, says supplies on it, and all the uh, the the karate students are in there and supplies, and then they you know, <laughs> then they beat up all the uh, yeah, oh, good yeah, good stuff. <laughs> My favorite skit of probably the whole thing, though, is a TV show called Raul's Wild Kingdom. <laughs> oh, here's a here's a piece of what that sounded like. Oh. They can carry fifty times their own weight. He's talking about and ants. They work for weeks and weeks building these intricate little tunnels. Oh yeah, they hate it when you do this. <laughs> oh look. They're really mad now. <laughs> oh. Ready? He's teaching. And fly! <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Today, we're going to teach Putos how to fly. <laughs> and he's just, he's up on like a third floor level where he lives. And he's just chunking Poodles out the window. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. 
<laughs> but the turtle but is turtles make your suction suction cup. <laughs> How about that? Sticks into the ceiling. <laughs> and when the delivery guy shows up, That's- three badgers, badgers, badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers. When they get back and they're they're Al and, and Bob are watching the screen and they're watching this guy throw poodles out the window. He goes, Where did you find this guy? And, and Al says, <laughs> I thought you hired him. His name isn't Al. His name isn't Al in the movie. His name is George Newman. And and George <laughs> says, I thought you found him. And they both look, oh no. You know, it's, it's another gag. You know, it's just Yeah, it's it's nonstop, man. I love the bum. Hey, mister, you got any change? <laughs> 98, 99, one dollar. He gives him a dollar back. So that guy's voice, I used to imitate it a lot, which, as you could just tell, turned into Randy Newman. But it's all from UHF. Hey, mister, you got any change? I kind of took that. It's like David Lee Roth. <laughs> it's David Lee Roth and Randy Newman and this guy all mixed together. That's where that come from, man. <laughs> and, and that 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 homeless guy who might have just been a gimmick, you know, to give the guy a dollar for his change ends up saving the Saving day, the day. In the end, yeah. right? He, Vance Cole said, I took that penny you gave me. It was real rare. And I bought a whole bunch of them shares. What about uh what about Philo? Secret, secret, secrets of 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 the universe, universe, universe. And he was uh he he played Luke on General Hospital, right? That right. guy? Uh-huh. Show yep. enough. Hey, we're not mentioning the uh the star power of Fran Drescher. Yeah. <laughs> Look, like, you know, you say what you will. He's, she's part of the package. But, I mean, like, she was great. When they first come in to, to the UHF station, which George's uncle wins in a poker game. Right. You know, they, they show up and there's this girl sitting there and like, hey, we're your new bosses. We own the, the station now. And she she goes on this this tirade. How do you think I could ever make it if my bosses change every other month? And they, they just kind of wait and their, their faces are frozen. And she's done talking. And, goes, and this is my friend Bob. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. And they just go on from there. Like, and I think she does a good job in that. I, I don't hate Fran Drescher. You know who I do love, though? And she's interviewing him. The gun nut. <laughs> the guy that says this. Gun that don't kill Wimps and commies. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Guns don't kill people. I do. <laughs> the guy's got these jowls that like when, when he closes his mouth and, and like like points the gun at the camera his face widens i remember this scene like just just in the back of my head and yeah that's it's a it's another hilarious little just just it's skit. everywhere yeah it's everywhere in this movie man every 20 seconds you're having something else thrown at you that really doesn't tie in to the movie at all but that's the thing. You can keep watching this. You know, plots are us. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Are you tired well, of sloppy funeral services? <laughs> it's arms and legs coming up out of the ground. <laughs> and don't forget to visit our salad bar. Was it this or was it SCTV where they had the one trip only, please? I think that because was, I, I think that they, I think it's SCTV. I think SCTV also had a mortuary with a salad bar commercial. Yeah. And and it was visit our our famous one trip only salad bar. They made sure to point out there was one trip only, <laughs> which is another eighties thing. Salad bars came around and people would gorge themselves. They're like, hey, you can only go there once, man. 
here's the thing, you know, when, when Weird Al was putting together this, this plot, you know, I'm sure he said, Hey, how can I get as many skits as possible? What if I'm running a TV studio? Had to be yep. the, the line of thinking there. Sure. So the bottom line is, is you got a little UHF station that's just trying to do something. You got the big corporate station that is number one that everybody's watching. And the UHF st- station starts threatening them with, you know, these shows. And they don't know that they're a threat. They're just trying to do their own thing. So the big corporate business tries to shut them down, pull some string, has some under-the-table deals going on and stuff. So they decide to try to raise money to save the station, and they get Stanley Spadowski, who's the big draw, to to do this telethon. From there, you, <laughs> you get one of the greatest kidnapping scenes ever. <laughs> He's sitting in this room, and he hears a knock at the door. Who is it? It's the pizza guy for uh, Stanley Spadowski. And he goes to the door, and they just grab him. And it shows him like five minutes later riding down the road. They've got him blindfolded, and he's like, Oh, I love anchovies, (laughs) and I like onions and olives, but not as much as anchovies. And he's just going on and on. And these kidnappers are just like, "What What is this deal? And he goes, Oh, wait a minute. You aren't the pizza guys. And from there on, they, I'm, I'm thinking of something blue, <laughs> yeah. something blue. And you got the one, the one mob guy that's going, "Please, boss, just let me kill him. Just, just let me kill him. <laughs> he won't shut up." They put him in the room in the dark. He starts, <laughs> "Hey, hey, guys!" <laughs> my blindfold fell off. Hey, you guys, don't like bonanza. <laughs> and my shirt glows in the dark. <laughs> Oh, and they go to open the door, and he goes, the guy's warning him, hey, if you don't shut up, we're going to have to kill you. And then off in the distance, he sees his old mop that he had when he was working at the big station before. So he goes, my yeah, They wouldn't mop. let him take his mop. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't let him take his mop, even though it was his. And he you know, gets so he super strength and busts out. <laughs> breaks all the ropes and just pushes the whole table of gangsters over, grabs his mop, swings it around, and makes some lightsaber sounds. <laughs> He hits one guy and the guy like goes flying. <laughs> and then like the whole scene when he's running from him and there's he's tripping over the top of the ta- the the desk and stuff in the cubicles. Oh. Does he shoot the the staples at the guy or yeah. it's it's weird Al that shoots the staples no, at the no, guy, right? No, it's Stanley Spadowski. He's running he and a bad guy's behind him and he picks up a stapler and he's just shooting behind him and it's sticking to the dude's face. <laughs> and we'll see and, and this is for all you horror film fans out there. There's this there's there's this great makeup job where he shoots the the staples back behind him and the and the gangster that's wanted to kill him the whole time, you know, looks up and he's got these staples stuck like all up his cheek and on his forehead. I don't know. How, I mean, guy, but we really need to to check out his other work. Helming. <laughs> you know, we said there's a lot of stuff in Johnny Dangerously we didn't cover. This movie is just nonstop, man. From a blind guy trying to solve a Rubik's cube to Billy Barney. Is this it? <laughs> no. Is this it? No. While Stanley's uh, captured and, and you know the uh, the U sixty two telethon is going down the dumps every minute that Stanley is gone, uh, George goes to save him, and, and there's a whole Rambo <laughs> montage the that Rambo happens. Thing. Yeah, which is hilarious. Uh, the movie doesn't stop i i just love it i love this movie and again if you enjoy this show 
you can kind of thank this movie for it because really this is this is where it comes from. And when you watch it, I think you will understand that. So if you want a good laugh, if you like some some kind of dorky, cheesy comedy, both of these movies are great, but this one to me just is a standalone movie. And let's not forget the fact that the most important thing is there. It, there's a happy ending, you know, the Oh yeah. The the evil network guy gets caught. You know, he's 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 gonna be giving an address to everybody about how they should watch network and not the UHF station. And and they, they they pipe in this this speech that he gave to to George's girlfriend, you know, earlier about how he's gonna crush you UHF and he could care less about the people who watch the the networks. As much as I do about a festering bowl, bowl of dog, of dog snot. snot. <laughs> I mean, and and all that, you know, like you want that guy. He, Kevin McCarthy, plays such a good bad guy. It's yeah. fantastic to watch him get his, and and then um, the ending where everybody walks away, you know, smiling and laughing and successful. Yep, it's just it's just a feel good movie, kind of like Martyrs. <laughs> it's, it's a, a feel good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The happy ending, you know, all that. Oh, yeah. Rating time? <laughs> yeah, that's it, can, it can be rating time. <laughs> it can be rating time. All right. I'll give it 127 yappy dog treats. You know, I'll, I'll just have to, I'll have to go with what's in the box, Cooney. I'll have to go with what's in the box. <laughs> and Brian Blessed, what do you think of UHF? Die! Well, for you that never listened before, that means he really, really likes it. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, we got it all on UHF. Are we gonna are we gonna outro the show with that with that song? We can. Sure. Put away your jacket. There's no need to go outside. Oh, do you want to this is the life? Don't you know that we control the horizontal? Um I think I think UHF is better. Okay. Works for me. We'll be right back, folks. The Hell Ming Pyre Hour is brought to you by Big Edna's Burger World, home of the extra crispy fries. If you want a big burger, try Big Edna's. Big as a tub of lard. That's Big Edna's Burger World at 6835 East 15th. Phone ahead at 834-2558. There's lots of fun coming your way on U62. Tonight, a new episode of Conan the Librarian. Conan the Librarian versus Conan the O'Brien. Followed by everyone's favorite game show, Sunday, be a part of the excitement as we premiere our dazzling new game show, Strip Solitaire. And you won't want to miss Celebrity Mud Wrestling with this week's special guest, Senator John McCain. Coming up next, U62's highest rated program, the Hell Mean Power Hour. It's a whole new weekend on U62, the reason television was invented. Don't be stupid! You don't want to miss it. All right, folks, appreciate you hanging out with us for episode 24. A lot of exciting things going on. We're heading towards Christmas here. And like we said, we gave you some gift ideas, not only for ourselves, but for your loved ones. Because what better way to say I love you 
than with a spatula. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you ever have enough spatulas? Not and really. A good one from Spatula City. Absolutely. We and we have some episodes coming up, you know, for the holidays. We're going to be uh, recording with the Boz from, from the podcast under the stairs. We're going to record a special secret holiday movie. That'll be coming out pretty soon. Uh, again, for you that uh, knows what's going on on the poll as far as what movie we're talking about, you know what to expect. Uh, we're going to hold on to it till probably mid-January for a special event, which would be right at our one-year anniversary. So uh, that's something else, too, guys. If you wanted to, uh, if you wanted to send voicemails, text messages, anything like that, we're going to start putting stuff together for a one-year anniversary show coming up towards the beginning of January. So you guys are welcome to send any kind of messages, voicemails, all that good stuff. Uh, you can send them to hellmingpowerhour at gmail. And uh, you're more than welcome to send us a bunch of stuff. We'll do some kind of celebration show. And like Danny was saying, we're possibly going to be releasing a movie commentary to go along with that. So uh, be looking for all that stuff down the road. I'm excited about the boss coming on. I've been uh, talking to him quite a bit and becoming good friends with him. So nobody else is brave enough to have him on a show. So we're going to take the chance. We thought if anybody else can, we can. So I'm excited about having him on the show. And he's a big fan of some stuff that uh, Danny and I both are as well. I'm not trying to give anything away, but it's going to be a really, really fun show. So if everything works out correctly and our schedules all work, he will be on episode 25 with us. So be looking for that. Yeah, I mean, and we're going to be there for you in the time of the holidays. We're trying to release as much as we can with all of our crazy schedules, and we're doing it all for you. That's right. We're trying to deck your halls. With bows of baz. <laughs> bows of baz. <laughs> bows of baz. Booming. Less known than Beelzebub is bows of baz. Bows of baz. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, that's it for us. We will see you in a couple of weeks with another episode. So if we don't get to talk to you in person, have a happy Merry Christmas. All that good kind of stuff. So for Rick and for Danny, you got anything else you want to say, Dan? Uh, mirror what you said there. You have yourself a happy holiday. Get together with your friends and family and just have a good time. And if, if, it, would, if it wouldn't kill you, just go ahead and turn on the Hail Ming Power Hour. That's right. Make sure everybody can hear it. You know, they can go home with the gift of entertainment. And we can go home with the, uh, the gift of more listeners. And hopefully a U62 t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the U62 telethon is on the air. <laughs> All right, for Danny and myself, we are out. Peace out, people. <laughs> <laughs>